Hello and welcome to the business surgery with myself, Faye Dicker, and it's our very first business surgery. Really pleased to be hosted, hosting this today and joined by our, by our business expert, and this is Linda Davis Carr, the master fixer. Now, what we're doing is we've got three businesswomen who run their own very successful businesses, all very different in their own right, and they're all going to be putting their different uh, business problems to Linda Davis Carr, and we'll see uh, what she can come up with in today's surgery. So, with us today, I'm joined by Sally Marks, she's from Tots Up Reward Bus, uh, Claire Stone from Claire Stone Nutrition, Michelle Abbasipport from Pretty Horizontal. So three very different businesses we've got here. We're going to start first of all with Sally Marks from Tots Up Reward Bus. Now Sally, if we could just start a little bit by you telling us about your business, a little bit about what you do and, and your brilliant product. Okay, hi Faye, nice to be here. Hi Linda. Hi. Uh, and Michelle. So the Tots Up Reward chart is a magnetic three-dimensional reward chart to encourage better behaviour in children. It's aimed at two to six-year-olds. Um, I came up with the idea originally about 10 years ago when I worked with a child with autism and then developed it when I had my own children who are now five and eight. Um, we've used it for everything from potty training to better night's sleep, um, staying in bed a little bit in the mornings, um, teeth cleaning, and, and just general sort of tidying away, being nice to each other. Um, I, I launched the product in the summer of last year, um, and I'm just be beginning to uh, work with distributors, independent retailers. And I must just sort of say, hands up right away, Sally, that this is a, a firm favourite in my house. My girls absolutely love it. You know, they, they love the moment of putting their passenger on the reward bus. It's a really lovely uh, visual, sort of great British iconic um, item that we have in our house. And, and a real proud boast, I think, for you as well, Sally. Um, I'll be very intrigued to hear what your problem is, but let's just hear a little bit from everybody else first. Um, Claire Stone, um, tell us a little bit more about your work and your line of business, please. Hi there, thanks for having me here, Faye. Um, I'm a nutritional therapist and I help people eat better so they feel better and work better. Um, I do that via one-to-one -one consultations, but also I go into um, businesses or I help them when they're having an away day and I run kind of really fun but short workshops to just help people get a better understanding of um, the kinds of things that are going to help them focus better and be more productive at work and have a bit more energy. Brilliant. Loving it. And Michelle, what have we got at Pretty Horizontal? Um, hi. Yeah, thank you for having me, everybody. Um, I am a web designer. Well, web developer, really. Um, there is a difference. And my business, um, I basically make websites. Um, I got into um, web design because I want to provide affordable websites, which are bespoke to people's businesses. And that they're really straightforward so that the client whose website it is actually maintains their own website, their content, and has a lot more control than traditional. Okay. Business essentials in 2017 then. Brilliant. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's kick off, first of all, from Sally. Uh, what's your problem that you'd like to put to... Oh, Linda, we can't go any further. We need to hear from you, <laughs> our in-house expert here. Come on then. Tell us about you because you're very much the master fixer by name and the master fixer by nature, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Thank you for that lovely introduction, Faye. Um, my business is business coaching. I am the straight-talking, 
no uh, pulling no punches straight talking business coach that you need in your life um i tell it as it is and i help you translate the fog and the overwhelm in your head into an actionable plan and get you results i'm working with um busy business owners who want to get more clients make more money and sleep better at night brilliant i'll do anything to put a passenger on my bus and sleep better at night thank you very much linda okay sally let's kick off with you then what's your question that you've got for our master fixer today in the business surgery okay i'm really here to really keen to hear um linda's top tip on prioritizing workload and avoiding procrastination i think anybody that runs their own business um particularly in a freelance mum sense um, knows that quite often we end up with so much to do that uh, you often end up in a situation where it's difficult to know what to do first um and i'm really keen to hear linda's tips on that really Brilliant, Linda. A freelance mum yourself. I know your girls are older now, but it's uh, something that I'm sure you're very familiar with, both from your point of view and coming across lots of other small business owners. Yeah, I am, Faye. Procrastination is something that comes up on a daily basis. Um, there's Unfortunately, there is no magic pill that you can take, but what you can do is you can you can seek to understand you know, the root cause, why you procrastinate. Yeah. So everybody does it, um, and I think the thing is to not feel guilty about it because it's quite normal. All we do, all procrastination is 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 putting something off um, to a later date that you could do right now, but often it's the fear of doing what you need to do that's worse than actual doing it. Yeah. So many people, uh, myself included, in the past when I've tried to motivate the children, yeah, would say, do you know what? Just suck it up and do it. That doesn't help a classic procrastinator. What does help is trying to understand Sally why you're putting something off. Yeah. So um, I would take it back. I would strip it back a little bit. And I would say, do you know what? It's about um, getting tasks done. And often as busy working mums, we have a lot of stuff that we need to juggle and a lot of stuff that we need to get done. So instead of beating yourself up every night and writing a whole list of to do things that you want to get achieved the following day, I'd break it down and I'd say, do you know what? Um, Write a list when you finish for the day. Write a list of three things, three great things that you're going to achieve the following day. Um, Put that list to bed, as, you, as it were. Um, go to sleep or spend your evening with your family, whatever you choose to do, calmly. Um, look at that list the following morning, and that's your list for the day. Just three things. So, um, and I would make them on a physical list, like a pen and paper, the old-fashioned way, because there's all sorts of psychological support that says, actually, do you know what? Striking them off and crossing them out is very, very therapeutic, and it's very rewarding. So what you should do is um, write a list of three things, Achieve the three things. Um, seize the day. Do the fir- do them first thing in the morning. Don't put them off all day. Do them first. So what do they say? How do you eat an elephant? They say one chunk at a time. <laughs> yeah. So so do that. Do the, and strike them off, and then celebrate the small stuff. Start by celebrating actually the fact that you did those three things on your list. So celebrate them before you start writing the new list. But I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with the list of things they have to do because they have a list of things that's an A4, they fill an A4 page, but that's so overwhelming. What they do is they get paralyzed and they do nothing. Yeah, a confused mind does nothing because it gets paralyzed with anxiety. So stick to your three things, do them first thing in the morning, physically cross them off your list, celebrate the fact you've done them and write another three things those would be my classic suggestions on how to handle your procrastination 
Sally, can I just ask, do you have a sort of favourite form of procrastination? Do you find yourself sort of wandering <laughs> off to social media when you really ought to be buckling down to something else? What's your favourite way of distracting yourself? Yeah, I, I just, I end up inadvertently doing things that could wait, really. Um, sometimes it's, you know, sort of something house-based. Um, yeah, sometimes it is social media, and I, I sort of disguise it by thinking, oh, I'll update my social media, and then 45 minutes has passed... I've done no updating. And what about the classics? I find this one interesting, Linda. Um, it's very difficult, I find, when you're working from home, or in fact, very easy when you're working from home, to get distracted by chores that do need to be done, but you sort of find yourself seizing that opportunity to go and unload the dishwasher when really you ought to be tackling that list. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, we're all guilty of it, absolutely. Um, my favourite thing is crime drama in the afternoon, after lunch. <laughs> Um, and if I'm if I'm really putting off something that I really really don't want to do, I will do the ironing. Which if you, you obviously don't, people don't know me very well, but I absolutely hate ironing with a passion. <laughs> so I would rather do that rather than some, do something on my list. Um, if it's a social media challenge, I would I would urge everybody to put the timer on. Yeah, put the timer on when you start on your social media because you might intend you might start with great intentions about doing some posting or or um, doing some research, but you get caught up with I don't know pictures of cute little cats or new babies or the hottest guy in Hollywood. Um, so I would suggest everybody puts the timer on and only does the social media for twenty minutes at a time. Brilliant. That's a great piece of advice. Sally, how did you find that? Do you think that's a, that's useful, whittling it down to just three things and then scratching them off as you go along? Yes, absolutely. I think that's, that's really helpful advice. Um, I think you know, the, the, the thing with procrastination is sometimes you just don't quite see it coming until you're immersed in it. Um, and I think, yeah, I think having it in, in that form will be really helpful. And can I just ask Sally, before you hop off, uh, what would be the first job on your your list the first job on your list to do tomorrow well there's a question <laughs> no in, in actual fact i've, I've got a, a a second product that i'm I'm just working on um and that there's a couple of fairly small tasks that will actually move that forward quite quickly um and i think actually putting those into a, a sort of list format um and working working through those yeah it's the way to go puts the wheels in motion quite literally that's it absolutely Brilliant. Well, Sally, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Um, let's move on then to our second uh, contributor to today's show. Next up is Claire Stone. Now, Claire's the nutritional therapist. And Claire, you've already explained that you do a lot of your work. Sometimes it's one-to-one, sometimes it's in, in Skype. So I'm really keen to hear what problem is it that you're going to be putting to Linda today? Well, so my problem is that um, at the start of the year, I set myself a goal to do more public speaking and get out there and do more workshops um, and I've done a really good job of doing a lot more talking um, starting to hone my skills but the one thing I'm not doing is actually making any money from it and it's not just that I'm not getting paid for doing the talking which is fine but it's not I'm not kind of converting the people who have been to my talks or heard me speak into either paying clients or kind of useful referrals so I just would love some advice on that one please oh that's a great one Visibility, yet we need to make that translate into cash. What do we think mm-hmm. then, Linda? Um, hi, Claire. Um, Hello. Here's my question would be, and I'd, I'd want to strip it back a little bit, is like, what was the objective? It was a great goal that you set yourself for the first half of the year um, to, do, to do more speaking engagement, but what was the objective of doing those speaking engagements? What was your measurement of success? Um, first of all, was just me being brave enough 
to do to do those public talks and yeah. workshops and to also kind of um just get better at doing them um but also because my aim is to do more workshops um it's to now you know actually reach more people get my message out there you know it was to increase visibility um which i have done but i'm just not seeing kind of any increase in income from that okay got it thank you and at the end of the talk obviously you know you're engaging them you're building you're building rapport with your audience you're 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 building your knowledge you're positioning yourself as an expert and people will do business with people they know like and trust yeah mm-hmm. so by the end of the talk they they know you hopefully they like you clearly and and they trust you because you position yourself an expert so then at the end of the talk are you offering what's your call to action are you offering them something what do they go having to do Okay, so I have I do an exercise at the end of most of my talks, which gives people something to take away with them, and they've then got my contact details as part of that exercise. Right. Um, but in terms of actual telling them how they can work with me or the next step or something I've got going on in the on the digital side of things, quite often I get to the end of my talk and I've I get loads of questions. So we have a big Q and A section at the end, and I just get really excited and I'm really glad I've done it, and I just kind of go, thank you very much. And then oh. I just completely forget to do the oh, next okay. thing. Ah, oh, right. Okay. So before you do any more any more um, presentations, this is what you should do. When you give, give the presentation, do you use a PowerPoint, a, a slide deck, or do you just talking from notes? At both. So it, I can I do sometimes have a a, a slide um, deck, but more often than not, it's just kind of me with my notes. Okay, so in you, in your process of your talk, I would build in time to do two things. Um, if you're working from a slide deck, you need a slide before you get to the end and say thank you for your time. You need a slide to stop you talking. Yeah, so a slide mm-hmm. that you put put up to essentially say this is my offer to you. Thank you so much for your time, and if you loved this, you're going to love a little bit more of me. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. so what you do is you put a slide up there that forces you to talk about your offer. Yeah. So my offer to you today as a thank you for coming. Yeah. As a thank mm-hmm. you for coming. As a, if you enjoyed this, it's an offer. And usually it's a 20 percent off a free consultation with me. It's something it's something for them to go. Oh, my God, I really like talking to her. I thought she was really brilliant. She's been what I'm looking for. I'm going to take advantage of that. Right. Yeah. OK. And by putting the slide in your slide deck means it forces you to go. Oh, yeah, I've got to talk about sales. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. what you've got to do is you've got to ask for the sale. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they'll just go, "Oh, that Claire Stone, she was really nice." And now I need to talk about the children. Yeah. And they'll completely forget about it because they'll they'll start with the intention of like, oh, "I really like that lady." Yeah. Um. But they they won't follow it up. Either mm-hmm. that, or as you stop to talk about your offer, you physically hand them something out into the audience, or you've put it on their seat so it's something for them to take away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're actually physically asking them to make contact with you. So you say, come and connect with me on my Facebook page or um, come and talk to me about a free consultation or come and talk to me about this or come and give me your Facebook. Come and give me your email address so I can add you to my list so I can let you know about my offers. Yeah. Okay. So because you're excited and you're probably so relieved to be finished in the talk, (laughs) it's gone well. You've got your questions and you're just flipping relieved. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you're probably just missing that opportunity of asking for yeah. the sale. That's yep, all it is. Big time. Claire, okay. can, can I can I just clarify, Claire, as well? Mm-hmm. There's a difference, obviously, between guest speaking and going off and doing a, a, a freebie slot. But are you also after paid for speaking gigs, or is it more getting the work off the back of doing that initial speaker slot? Um, 
probably a bit of both. Um, I'm just very aware of the fact that I'm doing loads of speaking things, which I really enjoy doing. And I, I'm finding as I do more of them, I enjoy them more and more and more. Um, but it, they, you know, they take a lot of time and then I'm not seeing any kind of return on that. And it's, it's just that kind of disconnect between I'm doing this to, ra- you know, raise my business profile and earn more money. And I'm definitely raising my profile, but I'm definitely not earning any hmm. more money from that side of it. So, but I think they suggested from Linda are quite helpful. I'll give those a try. <laughs> I, I would say you set yourself a, a, a success criteria almost. So for every time you speak, you want two new customers from that from that talk yeah okay maybe maybe you want three a handful three or four one-to-ones or follow-ups yeah but you need to measure it with two you know i'm going to get i'm going to get two new customers from that talk yeah that's a that's an easy win um, Mm -hmm. and it's something that you can measure very easily yeah and it's something that you can plan for so before before you go and, and want to get paid for speaking i try and hone that skill before yep. you take it up the next level to want, get, to want to get paid for it. Because let's face mm-hmm. it, not many people want to pay for, for speakers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so no, and I totally get that, which is why I'm kind of keen to make sure I make best use of the, my time doing yeah. the, you know, doing the guest speaking, which I really enjoy. Yeah, that would, that would be better use of your time, especially because mm-hmm. you're getting the speaking gigs. Yeah. Yep. All you have to do is convert them better. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a quick win. <laughs> That's a really cool. interesting one you've raised there, actually, Linda, because I think it is all too often that we go into things because we think, right, brilliant, okay, so it's going to be a great profile raiser. We go off, it is a great profile raiser, big tick in that box, but it doesn't necessarily translate to business. But you're quite right, we haven't set it up correctly in the first place and that perhaps we should go with our own agenda and criteria of saying at the end of this we want to come away with X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean they say you know when you're networking or when you're doing business, you should network on pur- on purpose. So you should have an objective for networking. Yeah. So I'm going to meet today. It's not it's not about just showing up, being pretty, or drinking coffee. It's like I'm you know I'm, I'm networking on 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 task and on purpose. And out of this networking today, what I'd like to do is meet two new friends, or get three new emails, or connect with people who might introduce me to their networks. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to take that phrase yeah. with me. Lovely. Was that helpful to you there, Claire? That was brilliant. Thank you very much indeed, both. Brilliant. OK, so Michelle, um, Michelle now from Pretty Horizontal, you've been listening to some great pieces of, of advice there. Um, what question have you got for Linda today? Um, mine is almost, well, not, it's a bit on the same lines as Claire. So I have not been very good on my follow-ups from all the network events that I go to and have now got a massive pile of business Mm. cards, um, maybe 250 to 300 or so. And um, I want to know how I'm going to convert those (laughs) to sales and whether cold emailing works (laughs) Can I just ask before we go any further, would you consider that you know all of these people of cards that you've got? Um, no, no, I wouldn't know them. I think ones that I've actually connected with in terms of able to speak with, etc. I've then probably had some contact with them after. Yeah, so at Facebook or I've met them at another event or I've actually converted them. I haven't had a chance to go through them all yet. So it's the ones that you that you didn't really speak to at an event or you've picked up their card from somewhere else and you've just got a card and you think, oh, you don't even really know who that person is. 
Oh, Linda, it, she sounds a bit swamped to me. What do you think? What, what's your advice to Michelle there? <laughs> Um, well, he, here's the thing. It's something we touched on earlier. It's about having a system and a process in place to what you do with those contacts when you get them. Um, I mean, I'm not a legal expert, but there's all sorts of legislation coming in next year about, you know, you can't just pick up cards and mail people will, um, anecdotally because actually you will, you potentially will get fined. Yeah, so it's not good practice, and that's something that's coming into force next year. Um, but if I was Michelle and I was sitting with 300 business cards and I didn't know what to do with them, I could take, there's a couple of things I could do. You could either, if you couldn't remember them, couldn't remember where you met them, um, you could clear out, chuck them all out and start again. There's one, it's fairly dramatic, um, but it'll stop you feeling overwhelmed. But if you really can't remember where you met these people, what events they were and what their business was, if you can't remember what their face looked like, pretty much you're going to have to start from scratch anyway, building a relationship with them. So there's one option. The other option could be to add them to a mailing system like uh, Constant Contactor or MailChimp, both of which are free. Um, and you could have a flush them out email. So what you could do is you could add them to your system. You could send them an all introductory email and encourage them to um, unsubscribe from your list if they want to. You just say something like very, very, um, very normal. Hi, we met a while ago. I'm so sorry. I haven't got around to contacting you up until now. I'd love to talk to you about my, about my business and my website design. However, I appreciate, appreciate it might have been some time since we met. Um, so I I'm not, wouldn't be offended at all um, if you unsubscribe from my list. However, if you'd like to know more, I'd love to keep in contact with you. Um, and I send out a regular newsletter which says X, Y, Z. Yeah, you could do that. And the, essentially what you're doing is you're flushing out your list. The people that want to do business with you or the people are willing to hear from you versus the ones that really don't. Yeah. So you could do that and you could flush them out, essentially. And then at least you might have a lot of unsubscribes and you'll get some error messages from your free provider but at least you'll know I flushed them out. Therefore, the people who are left on my list are people who are willing and accepting of information from me. Oh, I like the sound of that, Michelle. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. yeah. Does that yeah, float so... your boat? Yeah, definitely. I think I'm going to go. <laughs> I Flush think I'm going to do that one. Flush them out. Flush I, have them to, out. I, I think it sounds quite cleansing to me. It sounds like it a, re a really good system and a nice way of working out who's... Um, Who's who's warm? Who's still interested? And actually, it doesn't matter if at this point people hop off because they would have naturally anyway. Some of them. Yeah. yeah, but I think if you're being open and transparent, transparent about it, it's perfectly okay. And if they don't like it, they'll unsubscribe. You know, no one's died; they've just unsubscribed. But at the moment, they're just in the drawer, so it doesn't matter whether they unsubscribe or not. Really, just. <laughs> but I, but here's the thing, you know, my classic is, and you'll love this one. Um, a lot of people sit on business cards and they sit in an envelope or a drawer. They never get around to them. Some people sit them in carrier bags. They've got so many of them. Um, I would pay the, pay the teenagers or pay a friend or pay a virtual assistant just to put them all on your system. Because let's face it, if you haven't put them on your system up until now, it's highly unlikely that you're ever going to get around to it. Yes. Yeah. So pay a VA or, or bribe the teenagers or whatever to put them on your mailing system and then have your flush out process. Yeah, so back to my classic, you know, do what you do best, do your business and outsource the rest. So outsource the admin, something you don't want to do that you've never got no intention of doing to someone else who's better at it. It's a much more effective use of your time. That's excellent because I can see that if it was me sitting there with a whole stack of business cards, there's no way I'd then do that next 
part in the sequence of then creating a, a list. Does, you know, do, do adding things to lists, are you all right with that kind of business admin, Michelle, or is it something you'd rather um, pass on? I, I have a VA who owes me a little bit of a favour from doing <laughs> some work on her website. Um, she's actually currently putting everything on a spreadsheet for me so I can import that into MailChimp. And then I was a bit, then I'm a bit stuck. She's doing it by the end of the month and I'm, I know that I'm going to have these this list and I, <laughs> I'm not really sure what to do with it so now I'm going to do that that sounds like a good piece of that won't take me very long to do as well and so Linda can fun. I can I just ask because you raise a really interesting point about the fact that the way we contact people and processes are going to be very different this time next year and um, what is the the right protocol then for um, when you meet someone and you get their business card is it still okay to put in that follow-up email what is the correct procedure Oh, well, I, that's it. Really interesting. So a couple of months ago, I met um, a lovely, a lovely lady networking, um, a journalist, and, and she took my business card and she said to me, would it be, she actually asked me, would it be all right if I added you to my list? And I was a bit taken aback and I went, well, yes, of course. Hmm. Yeah. So actually from a business etiquette or a, um, just an etiquette point of view, I think her approach was absolutely spot on. She asked permission. Yeah. I said, yes. I get a regular email, from, a regular message from her, you know, and if I if I don't want to read it, if I'm not interested in that subject matter for that week, I just delete it. Yeah, but I wasn't offended and actually she dealt with it in a very courteous way. I think that's a really nice question and, and a nice one to just add into conversation quite nicely, isn't it? Yes, yeah, absolutely. that's a really good idea. Michelle, yeah. do you think that's something that you're going to be doing next then? Um, yes, I will test it out on Wednesday and that sounds really good. Because I always, you know, I always try and say at least hello to everybody. So um, it's no harm just to say, can I add you to my mailing list? You can always unsubscribe. So And you can easily then just sort of, you know, put a little star next to their name on your business card or something, can't you? Just get your insist. Super. Does, yeah. How does that make your head feel, Michelle? Do you think you're going to sleep better at yeah, night? Yeah, that's one big problem that I now don't have to worry about. Um, yeah, that's good. Whoop, whoop. Brilliant. Well, that makes me feel very happy. Uh, Linda, it's been lovely speaking to you this evening and dealing with some very, very different problems from three very different women in business. Before you go, um, I'd like to just, and I, I know I'm sort of putting you on the spot a little bit here, but if you had one piece of advice, just one piece of advice you'd like all small business owners to take and make and implement, what would it be? You've taken the wind out of my sails because I've already used it. I go back to my classic. Um, I believe we can't do everything brilliantly, um, but what we should do is we should focus our energy and our skills is what we do best. So my classic is, Faye, do what you do best and outsource the rest. Brilliant. Well, Linda, thank you very, very much for that. And I do hope that uh, you've enjoyed listening to the Business Surgery podcast this evening. If you'd like to get in contact and put your problem to Linda Davies-Carr, then you can drop us a line at faye at freelancemom.co.uk.